0: Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard podcast with Dave Schrader and Andy Brett Bernard. So Alex is not in again today. I I thought she was coming in. I guess not. What the hell? Everybody just takes time off. Is that the plan? I know mom's still uh, working on it. Good job if you can get it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant, what's the latest?
1: Uh, We're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their
0: injuries.
2: Roger Maris of Nissan's
0: no no you're not Catherine's trying to track down a a priest or a chaplain or something to come to the uh, come to the funeral I guess it's not easy did you know I didn't know this and she's not the one who told me another friend told me that when you hire a uh, a minister a priest whatever they get paid cash in an envelope yeah uh, how is that legal? It's the holiest way to get paid. Oh, it's the holiest it's, uh, way to get paid. It's okay. considered a
3: donation, Tom. Oh, is it a donation? It is a okay. donation.
0: Okay. See, I'm wearing my uh,
3: Bobby Bacala shirt today, yeah, so you are. I know things I mean, about, the, yeah, about this.
0: I have that same shirt. As do well, you really? Exact same color, exact same shirt. Nice. They're very, very good. So, what else? Everything else good?
3: Yeah, I've got a chaplain for her I can connect her with that's, uh, oh, do you? if she needs, yeah.
0: Oh, she, yeah, she, she she's a former military
3: for chaplain. She's yeah. Hmm?
0: She she I know she's looking for one right now. So I'll find out if she uh, if she hasn't found it,
4: I'll have her give you a buzz. Yeah. About hey, is she Catholic?
3: Uh, she's a chaplain. I don't know a military chaplain. I don't, usually they just kind of non-denominational, That's but she true. might be Catholic. In in
4: uh... yeah, I don't know if he would have want, wanted one that was specifically Catholic. I assume so because he was quite Catholic himself. Gotcha. So who knows? Yeah. Hopefully that was something that he wrote down, because otherwise we have no idea. That's right. It's all true. Although
3: I got a bone to pick with the Catholics. There's a lot of them out there, I've been told.
4: There are. When my mom passed
3: away six years ago, she Mm -hmm. was in the hospital. I said, uh, do you want me to go get the the, uh, priest to pray for you, Mom? Because she was getting ready to say goodbye. And she said, yeah, please. And I went and I got the priest, and he goes, oh, I can't pray for her. She's Lutheran.
4: Yep. I said,
3: what? You're a priest. And he goes, yeah, Catholic but uh, I'm a Catholic priest. Yep. you got to call your Lutheran. I go, she's going to pass away in the next 10 to 15 minutes. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. I, mean, I could have throat-punched him mm-hmm. right then and there. I was like, <laughs> you're a priest. It shouldn't matter what denomination. Isn't that the whole idea? You, you go pray for the people and try to help them. I don't get
4: it. Catholics won't, uh, well, hardcore Catholic churches won't give communion to non-Catholics either.
3: It's interesting that they'll take the money as my mom's dying in their hospice center, though. They were okay with that Mm. for a non-Catholic.
4: Well, she should have just converted.
3: Yeah, right then and there. All right, I'm
4: Catholic. Last-minute conversion. There you go. I've never
0: understood why my belief in goodness is different from yours, and therefore it's better. Yeah. What? If you believe in God or goodness, if you believe in the devil or evil... Isn't that enough? Yeah.
3: And if you're asking for a prayer, isn't that the whole concept? Didn't Jesus go sit with the taxpayers and the whores because they needed him? Absolutely. He didn't hang out with the rich that paid to be part of the church. He, he went to the people that needed him. That's
0: uh, exactly why I've always looked at it. I, I like how the rules change once the money gets involved. Yeah, Because <clears throat> you know that's what this is all about. Well, so be it. I don't know. I know. It's a
3: very just, weird deal.
0: You can't even worry about it. I'm still it. I mean, bitter six
3: years later about it. I just It just honks mm-hmm. me off. I'm like, the only thing my mom wanted was somebody to pray over her, a priest. And he wouldn't, to, and he do, he wouldn't it. do it. Wouldn't come in the room.
4: That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure they have some reason yeah. that was written down 1,500 years ago. Yeah. You don't believe what I believe, and therefore I'm not helping you. Yeah, exactly. The Wait,
3: what? she believes in God and wants prayer. Exactly. Isn't that what you
0: both believe in?
3: I it's just, crazy. I
0: just really don't. I really do not understand that at all. I don't,
3: I don't. understand a lot to do with organized religion. Well, all. yeah. And that's not me slamming God or, or no. any, it's organized religion itself just seems so outdated and poorly thought out.
0: So in other words, organized religion, you mean money? Yeah, well, there's that. That's what it's all. It I is. Know. It's money, money. Every time money gets involved, it ruins everything.
3: Well, I told everybody, always ask, why do you think there's such a, a resurgence in, the, in interest in the paranormal? And I said, the, the resurgence of, of paranormal interest always <laughs> happens around wartime.
0: Oh, that makes and sense, yeah.
3: You recall it was around 2003 when things started to explode with shows like Most Haunted and all of, you know, Dead Famous, all those shows. Right. And then it started propagating here in the United States. It was right on the heels of 9-11. And yeah. people went back to church seeking answers. Remember, churches were overflowing after nine mm-hmm. eleven attacks. Yeah. And the church uh, groups saw this as, oh, look at all the new tithers we have. Oh, and yeah. they went into tithing ceremonies, or, yeah. or not ceremonies, but sermons. And I went in and tried three or four different churches because I was looking to see if I could... Right. Connect with a speaker right. that could help us make sense of this. And and each one saw dollar signs. And it was a five minute sermon and then the rest about why we should tithe. And this is the most important time to tithe. And tithe, 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 tithe. And that's for people that don't know, that's you, you should be giving us ten to twenty percent of your income. Of the income,
0: yes. Yeah, because
3: right. we want to put a new roof on the church and we wanna build a new fun land for the kids, you know, area and we wanna do this and, and it was not answering the questions, the tough questions that were being asked of the church. At the time, God. so people strayed away from it, seeking spirituality.
4: But you know what? is answers. tax deductible.
3: It is. Mm-hmm. I know. I've tithed. I've been a tither, you though I don't go to church. The, yeah, I, I like that. I used to tithe quite often, and you know, hey, it is what it is. You you give uh, you give your percentages, but uh, I just didn't like the fact that that's all the church seemed to care about.
0: Yeah, was your money. Well, the thing is, I was just asked a few weeks ago if I believed in God, and they said, "Yes, I believe in God." Mm-hmm. And they said, "Why is that?" And I said, Because God basically is just a shortened version of the word good, and I do believe in goodness. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't enough for them. I said, it's just a coincidence that God is a shortened version of good, and de-evil is the devil. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Did we make it simple enough for you? (laughs) I mean, but people don't see it that way. They really don't see it that way. Yes, I think there's good, and yes, I think there's evil. So therefore, there's a God and the devil.
3: This is going to tie in very nicely with your first guest today.
4: Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, This well, book has the word evil in it. There you go. Oh, it does really? Yeah. Oh, look yeah. At look at
3: that, huh?
0: Instead, we became evil, a true story of survival and perseverance. Ooh, this ought to be good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This ought to be a good one. Slayman Najim, I think is how you say his name. That would make the most sense to yeah. me. It would, yeah, it would make some sense anyway, but he's going to join us in about one, two minutes, somewhere in there. Yeah. I
4: think Alex might be here. Alex showed up. What we'll do you know? That. Finally,
0: after all this time, you know. Can you believe it? Forty-five minutes late, but.
5: I'm not Forty-five. <laughs> minutes late. Also, You started the show
0: at ten. Don't
5: you know? Talking to mom.
0: Um, oh, I just saw her a few minutes ago, so that was good. She's working on
4: getting a getting a priest for uh, your grandpa.
5: Priest or a deacon, or a
4: deacon or somebody. Do they? Oh, um, do you know if the priest slash deacon needs to be Catholic? Yes. Oh, okay. No, oh, it because does. Well, I guess Dave's well, out of luck then. He, I don't know. I'm yeah, <laughs> not out of luck. It's, <laughs> it's not like I get a percentage <laughs> for referrals. Oh <laughs> well, wait, you said it's a woman, right? Yeah. He was Catholics cat. don't no, allow that. Oh, they don't. Oh, they don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he
5: was very Catholic. So yes, my mom I wants I him
4: to be. What if we can get an <clears>
5: archbishop?
4: You know what I should
0: do? I should go over to St. Anne's in North Minneapolis and go. You got nothing better to do? Come on over.
5: Yeah, great idea. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Yeah, and she's like finishing. Oh my gosh. What? Dying is expensive.
4: Yeah, it dying sure is. is expensive. Yeah, you and right that's before that. they take forty percent of your net worth. Yeah,
5: I know. I yeah. My friend Dana was over at my house last night, and her mom works in a funeral home. She's like, "Yeah, it's big business.
0: It's all money." Dying. We were just talking about that.
5: Oh, really? Yeah, and it's such a monopoly too, because you can't oh, yeah. you can't just like take Grandpa and bury him in the backyard because no. it's like, well, we don't want to spend any money. We'll just put him here because that's illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, the amazing thing to me, and we've talked about this many times before, is that our politicians are all about money. It's all its more about money than anything else. Our school system now is all about money.
4: That's probably one big reason people tend to scatter ashes. Well, also, that doesn't cost any money. But, there you go.
3: But, but you also have to realize that there is a reason that we don't just bury people willy nilly. Well, that's yeah, because they a are disease. A, you know.
4: Yeah, <laughs> they leach into
3: the water yep. source. Yeah, and don't want wouldn't that wouldn't be good. Yeah, be there's a reason
4: coffins are made to withstand a nuclear blast. But yeah, right.
3: So crazy. I know when my mom passed away, we went. My dad and I went to sit down with the funeral home. We're like, we already own uh, three plots because my grandfather bought them when he pa- before he passed, and then he got buried in. New Orleans and so the only person there is my grandmother. So we had these plots already, and they're like, Oh, okay, great. Well, um, to to break ground, put her in, do this, and it was gonna be like ten to twelve grand.
0: Jesus. And I'm
3: like, but we already own the plot. They're like, Oh yeah, that's just to dig the hole. I go give me a shovel.
0: Twelve G's to dig <laughs> a hole. It was crazy. My I dad my
3: dad and I shook our head and then we went in and they showed us the coffins. And like the cheap coffin was around five grand. Yeah. And my dad, you could just see him sitting there tabulating things, and he's like, "Whatever it takes, just do it." And I go, "Well, I got a question for you." I said, uh, "What's the what's the cremation story?" So they told it to me. So we got her cremated in a nice urn and everything for thirty yep. five hundred bucks. There you yeah. go. And because I, I asked my dad right then and there, I go, "So what's your plan when you go?" And he goes, "Hey." Let's focus on mom first. <laughs> and I said, no, what's your plan? Goes, I really don't care. Put me out at the end of the driveway in a garbage bag on, on Sunday. Oh, I couldn't agree And I more. said, well, how about if I get you cremated, mom cremated, when you when you go, I'll put your ashes in a giant Mrs. Fisher's potato chip tub with her ashes, shake it up, and I'll go spoon out cups at every national uh, preserve around the United States. There he you goes, go. sounds like a plan. And that's what we did.
4: Yeah, that's right. basically what Melissa's grandpa said. Something like a Folgers can or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He didn't care. Yeah. Why would you care? I don't know. I guess it depends on what your belief is in terms of the afterlife and stuff. Hmm. If you're Egyptian, the integrity of the body is very important. Well, I, ancient Egyptian, I yeah, guess. Yeah, ancient say. Egyptian. The thing I don't like is the viewing the corpse. No, What the
0: hell thank do you want to you. do that for? We had, don't yeah. need that.
3: that. I think that's for closure. It is closure, closure. yes. We, I got closure. My I got mom it. did not look like my mom. No. She looked like skeletal no, remains when she went not away. pleasant. It's and not, it's horrible. so we elected not to, and we had her cremated beforehand. So we had just the urn, this beautiful angel urn. Mm-hmm. And all of my, my dad's old Catholic buddies and friends, why no, f- oh, no wake. We, we want to see her. We want to. So I opened up the phone and showed him a picture. Goes, <laughs> oh, there you go. He goes out loud, oh, my God, she looked like hell. And I go, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why we don't have a coffin here. <laughs> yeah. It's
5: horrible. We yeah. Yeah. My one of my mom's closest friends died quite young in a accident.
4: Oh the and horse. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And we went to her wake and it was an open casket. And this is a woman that never <laughs> wore makeup ever in All her they life. Cake to make her hair on. was always like a frizzy mess. Mm-hmm. And that's how we knew and loved her. And at the wake she had just, she was like tan and had like yep, pink lipstick on. on. And I was like, <laughs>
4: Well, it's because your skin turns this unnatural gray, so they got to cover that up, and your lips recede, they got to fix that.
5: I know, and it's it's like, like, I understand why they did it, but I was like, this isn't the way that I would want to see her the last time. It's very
4: artificial and and, unlike life. Have you seen
3: the new version of of burials they're doing now, or, or wakes, where they pose you? And a lot oh, yeah, of rappers that, are yeah. doing this. Oh, yeah. The yeah. will with yeah. the body. I can't remember what it's called. It's like called extreme, not taxidermy, but extreme, extreme embalming or something taxidermy. like that. And I they, like they do. They've got them sunglasses leaning against a wall with a oh, cigarette yeah. in his hand oh, yeah. or yep. something. And they're, you know, it, to me, it's crazy, but I guess that's the way I would want to go. See, I it? want one of those voice activated things so when you walk by my coffin you hear pss,
4: Extreme embalming. Pss, yeah, extreme embalming. it's like a weekend at Bernie's
0: kind of thing. Yeah. You that know what I love like is the he was an R and B singer. He was not a rapper, he was an R and B singer. When he was died, he was buried in his Lincoln Continental. They yeah. buried the entire car. Who's you know? that? It's a big I plot. can't remember. It, it wow. I can see his face. He's wearing sunglasses. Because mm-hmm. they stood him up in the corner, by the way, before they put him in the car. So he's leaning in the corner. He's got kind of leaning like this with his hands crossed you know, uh, by his waist, and he's wearing a hat and he's wearing sunglasses. It's like okay, well, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, when my mother died, she was hers is the last. Because if they have an open casket, I'm not going to the funeral. That's not going to happen.
5: Get well, yeah. a closed casket for her. What's that? Get a closed casket for her.
0: Not initially, you could really? see her when I first walked in. You
4: could see when her. I was there. It was closed. Yeah. Oh, I didn't go when anywhere we were near outside. It. What's that? And everyone was like in a line. Going no, no, over. that was in the mortuary. <laughs> well, oh, Andy, I know.
0: Yeah, I never went in.
4: Ew. Oh. Oh, you, you didn't just go outside? in either,
0: Alex? Yeah, it was in the mortuary. They, they had our casket still open. Uh, okay,
5: well, because I was so weirded out hmm. by how I saw Vicki, mom's friend, that I was like, I'm never going up to see an open casket ever again no because i'm like this is not how i want to see this person people have this hollywood
4: idea that when you die you just look like you're sleeping yeah but that is not how it goes no not unless it's been like you know 30 minutes i was
5: gonna say within the first hour and a half Mm -hmm. well
0: here's a good example for you the last one i did walk up and look because i did not walk up and look at my mother i could see her way across the room that i could just see like the top of her head so i knew it was open but i had a friend that went to vietnam Got killed in Vietnam. They sent him home. They buried him. The problem is he's a United States Marine. They put him in his dress blues, or whatever it is in the Marine Corps. I think it's dress blues. With his uh, military lid. Don't they call it a lid? Yeah. Probably not a, a cover. military they call, a but... cover. they call it a cover. They call it a cover in the Marine Corps. It's not a hat. It's a cover. Mm, <laughs> of course. So they put his hat on, but you could still see the bloody thing in his forehead where a bullet went in. Yep. Oh, it's like, why do I want to see? I mean, it yeah. was... Colored over, but you could still see where the hole oh, was. Yeah.
3: I mean, I mean, who needs that? See, these are good conversations <clears throat> to have today, isn't it? Dio de Muertos. I can't say No, those, so. yeah. no, no it's those... it's the it's until today. Yeah. Well, no, it's like there's All Souls it, Day um, and Dio so. de los yeah. Muertos, whatever it is, but it rolls over for like three days from Halloween till today. Oh, it's like day a Ramadan kind of thing. Yeah. So But I love the fact that they're, you know, the Europeans have an interesting. Take on a lot of it. When you go, you know, because I go over to Europe all the time to do these tours, these haunted mm-hmm. tours. We'll go to these old crypts and they have little lease deals on there. So, they like, you bought this crypt for. 50 years. And at the end of 50 years, if somebody doesn't pay the lease, out you go. And, and really? somebody, yeah. So, they're where like, do you go? You're not there anymore. It doesn't matter. Get rid of it. And that's the way they, they treat a lot of well, this. Well, in stuff. 50
4: years, physically, you might not be there. Right. There's nothing so, left. Yeah.
3: And some of them have leases you can do for 25, 50, and it's cheaper to bury them if you've got a five year lease, 10 year lease. Yeah. And then they yeah, just true. take them out and probably, I would guess, burn, probably.
4: Do you think you burn the bodies? Probably. Well, that's, yeah, that's okay. how cremation works. Is basically all that's left is bone. I've been into a couple
3: well, of antique stores where I've seen the uh, mortis pictures. Have you ever seen those, where the families like pose the dead person yep. with them like a family uh, portrait? No, I'm good. Um, and I'm always like, that's. A... But we just had a different take on the way we handled death. That yeah. you know, and and with the the Day of the Dead, you know, a lot of the Hispanic families will go have picnics in the cemeteries and
4: have yeah. meals and prepare a meal for the dead. Because and they believe that the dead person is basically right there with them. They just yeah. can't see them.
3: Yeah, but it's yeah. a great way. Isn't that a better way to do it than the way we do it? You know, yeah, like
5: they're dead and it's horrible. Yeah. And so they're always around.
4: You just celebrate them. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It reminds me of a Simpsons quote. One of the early ones. Uh, I forget exactly why, but Ned had a close call with death, mm-hmm. and as Ned and Maud were very religious, they were like the religious people in Springfield. Yeah. And Maude goes, I was so scared you were going to go to the eternal bliss of paradise. <laughs> <laughs> because it's funny, because yeah. if you're Christian, you believe that when you die, you're going to yeah. go to heaven, which is a good thing. Yeah. But we still don't want people to die because it's a bad thing. Well, it's bad for us, it's, it's those yeah. that are left behind. We're yeah. not kind of, mourning it, for them, we mourning kind of selfish, for us. It's yeah, yeah, you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you're going to go to heaven and I'm stuck down here. What the hell? That's, well, yeah.
3: you know, with the ghost hunting and dealing with the paranormal, a lot of times the spirit realm have have said when we've asked why are you still here it's because you won't let us go Mm. the concept being, and, and they did a really it's great version. It's your fault. Yeah. Well, there's me. a movie called uh, Ghost Town with Ricky Gervais.
0: I heard that's really good.
3: It's an awesome that's comedy. I, what it's what a I've great heard. movie. He, get, he has a near death experience and he can suddenly see the dead. And he tries to ignore it and then decides to start oh, helping yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And then he just basically, kind of the, the, the whole idea is, we're not, the, the ghosts aren't haunting us, we're haunting the dead. It's our inability to let go. Oh, okay. Our inability to say goodbye. And that's what you know, I've I've still not gone for a reading. You know, people are always off, Do you want me to try to connect you with your mom? I'm like, No, I feel like I did it all while we were alive and oh, if she's go. off yeah. in heaven now, let her enjoy heaven. If yeah. she wants to communicate, I'm always here. She knows how to reach me. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music podcasts
0: the paranormal 60 with dave schrader tom here with my good friend ceo of north american banking company michael Bilski. michael i was out in maple grove the other day saw your new branch that's under construction it's looking great thanks tommy we're very
2: excited to open our new maple grove branch in the arbor lakes area later this year
0: well the way i do math that's the sixth north american banking company and you only have five fingers how'd you get to six
2: i used my computer
4: We have Wendy on the phone, and I don't well, know where um, our guest is. I yeah, have a right. feeling there was a time uh, time zone mix he'll up. He'll probably call next hour to <laughs> yeah, be my guest, eleven mix forty-five, up, which
0: means he'll be da, on for fifteen da, da, minutes da, da, at eleven forty-five to noon. That's fine. Like I said, we got to shorten our interviews to about twenty minutes anyway, so, so
4: we'll look get at
0: there. That. So he did it for us, basically. Wendy, what's up?
6: And then, yes, I was just listening to you uh, talk, and Dave was talking about the, uh, the pictures that people used to take of the open casket with the family. I used to work at a uh, photoshop like, way back in the day. That was extremely common, mm-hmm. even around here. And it, it doesn't go for like any specific uh, religious, racial, any kind of group like that. It's all across the map. It's it's a lot more common than you'd think. And my grand, my great grandmother, way back, used to have um, her favorite grandson, or her oldest grandson, died when he was like eight. He, I don't know what oh, he had, yeah. but he died when he was eight. And she has a picture. She had a picture of him in his casket, framed on her dresser. So yeah. every morning. She would say good morning to him and kiss the picture and tell him how much she missed him. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean, at that time, it had been about 30 years since that had happened. So it's like, uh, Grandma, I, I yeah. think that was her way of dealing with
3: it. Well, they've got all these... Up, it's, uh, th- go ahead.
6: It, it just always kind of... At first, it creeped me out when I was seeing these pictures, like, how, you know, why... But sometimes that's the last thing they have to remember of this person. They can't, they can't really wrap their heads around it, so that's what they keep because it's the last time that they saw them.
3: Well, they've got those new hologram libraries they're building, and I think Shatner was the first one to do it. Oh, really? So they take your audio of you saying all these things and all the pictures and videos and photographs that exist of you, and they're basically creating an AI yeah. hologram of you That's really? gonna be that the your new family thing can like, visit. Yeah. yeah, 10, 15
4: so, years. And, and it, it can read your
3: stories. And, and what is it, Alexa? Now, if you give them a minute worth of audio of somebody, so I could take... A minute from the KQ morning show of you talking, feed it into the Alexa and then go, Alexa, read me a story in the voice of Tom Bernard. Yep. And it'll start reading the story with your Jesus, voice that's and it'll terrifying. all the cadence and everything. It's
4: crazy. Oh yeah, there's uh, YouTube videos. There's like Homer Simpson reading lines from uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. What?
3: Well, this is creepy, right? As we're talking know, about that aspect that of of AI kind of taking over Winnie's new job. All she said on her voicemail is, "Winnie Schrader," and when you call her number and you get her voicemail, the entire voicemail is her voice. She didn't record any of that. All she said That's is her name, that. right?
4: Isn't that creepy? <coughs> no, well, thanks. no thanks. Although there's what a hundred trillion hours of my voice on the internet right now, so uh, there's a lot. This is going to happen eventually. I yeah? remember I cut
0: commercials yeah. twenty years ago when it started. There was the uh, guy. What was the name of the machine again? I can't remember the name of the machine, but. I would cut all these commercials, and I'd be driving in my car, and the commercial would come on saying things I never said. That did bother me, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm selling your product, and I actually never said the words that you're playing back in my voice. That was kind of like, ee, this could get ugly, which I suppose it probably does get ugly, doesn't it? People, people using been, other
4: voices. People have been worrying about deep fakes and that kind of stuff ever since Photoshop came out. That's but true. I think people for the most part, are evolving with that technology. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you see a fake photo, uh, most people tend not to believe it immediately, and then when they're told it's fake, they'll understand. It's not like, oh, you know, I saw a picture of uh, Donald Trump eating a puppy, it must be real. (laughs) I think it's like, oh, it's a Photoshop. Was there mustard on it? If not, you know it's fake. Well, I mean, there's the McDonald's mustard and ketchup and the secret sauce, you know.
0: Wendy, I still get a good laugh out of this guy's evil, that guy's evil, blah 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 it's it, there's no discourse anymore there's no Democrats talking to Republicans, Republicans talking you're to Democrats God, no. it's all we hate you and I will always hate you. you're not like me, so get away from me. How do you learn anything if you act like that? You know you don't
6: learn anything I mean, no you know it's like how 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 I tend to learn things is I like to actually go read things about people from trusted sources, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we're, when, we, when, we, when we, I know that's crazy, but when we vote next week, my daughter, I ever since she's been able to vote, I've kind of started this rule in the house that we tend to all go by. We download a copy of the uh, the ballot from our area, and we, re, we actually research the people that are on the ballot, also crazy talk. But we research the people on the ballot to see, you know, I mean, we don't want to vote for the serial killer that's running for something. Or, you know, we maybe maybe one candidate is a Democrat and we agree with them, but maybe a different candidate for something else is Republican and we agree with them. It's like I, I can't blindly vote one party or the other. I have to vote by the candidate. You
0: know, it's really weird about that. I'm going through a situation right now. I'm talking a bunch of different markets about... You know, jo- morning show jobs or this, that, or the other thing. And I've, I've talked to, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 different people, all the rest of it. And some of them go, you know, Tom, uh, y- your reputation is you're you're very conservative. I said, I'm very conservative? I might lean a little conservative more than centrist, but I am far from being very conservative.
4: Well, by Minnesota standards, though. I mean, well, that's
0: true. The nut jobs Everyone's
4: very here. conservative by Minnesota standards. Here's the thing,
3: though. How can you trust... Oh. The, when, when you pulling up stuff on the people, listen, I can go out and say, hey, I'm against abortion. I'm against raising taxes. I'm against anything. making uh, uh, insulin cost so much money. And the minute yeah. I get voted in, I sign the abortion bill. I right. jack up the price. of right. It's yep, so impossible a to times. Tell. Yeah, It is.
4: None of the no. politicians live up to their, their no. stakes. That's no. the sad part. There should be a law. If you make a promise <laughs> while campaigning, you have to deliver or else you get executed.
6: Wow. That's an extreme measure, but
4: I'm with you. That make you out. think twice.
3: But again, yeah. a promise, I promise to do my Unfortunately,
6: best. The way that the way that we have to go about it is just to, you know, look for at least two sources on each candidate and just, you know, kind of vote with what you have to trust in something. You know what I mean? I mean, unless you know them personally, but I mean, yeah. in the primaries, it did work because. There is a certain person that got uh, voted out in our primaries. That was a uh, state representative that did not belong in political office, and thankfully, the person you know that should have won did. But you know, I'm not going to say his name, John Thompson. But um, it's it's one of those things where that actually worked when people saw you know did a little more due diligence on him. realized he was not healthy for the community Mm. and i actually got to talk to the person that won she was somewhere that actually went to something she was at because i thought well if we're gonna replace him you know let's not replace him with an equal and uh she was pretty awesome so i'm like yes i'm I'm definitely voting for you you know you were convincing if nothing else but oh and i gotta say dave um loved Ghost of devil's perch i think we Thank watched you. it like two or three times it was
3: awesome i appreciate that well and if you like the the tv series ghost of devil's perch if you go to my youtube channel at paranormal 60 we did recap episodes so we went on there and talked about each one of the episodes more in depth showed some evidence it didn't make it told some of the other histories. so you can check that yeah, out as well and cindy
6: just been, you and shane and cindy have just been rocking it out i mean that you know Ronald the Doll special and Ghost of Flight 401 and then Shane. Oh my yeah.
3: God! Twenty Eight Days know. Haunted on uh, <laughs> that, Travel or on Netflix. That, yeah,
6: yeah. We watched. I watched it the day it came out. It's like I'm so happy for you 3 because you definitely deserve this fan.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's funny on Halloween I'm sitting there on my front stoop. It's the first time I've been home in two and a half months where I've had just like time. Right. So I'm sitting on the front stoop handing out candy. I'm getting all these messages. Do you think this could be a ghost? I go. I got today off. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, this is you. my Sunday. I'm on. <laughs> it's Halloween. I'm handing out candy. Mm-hmm. Ask me a week from now. I'm so tired of the, the, of the rhetoric. But it's yeah. I mean, it's cool that, that people are still uh, jiving on the the paranormal, and I hope we'll get a chance to do more. Uh, Shane and I are doing an event out at uh, Joliet State <laughs> Prison in May. In down um, in Illinois? Yeah, the 5th and 6th. That place is off the hook weird with paranormal activity. Like, large groups of us hearing, seeing things happen. So I've got uh, tickets if people are interested, and they go to darknessevents.com, darknessevents.com, and they can join us on the ghost hunt and get to be a part of the hunt instead of just sitting comfortably at home watching it from behind uh, blankets and sheets, right? Well, and Now, Dave, do you
6: think that more people are actually turn toward paranormal shows and, like, believing in the paranormal because they're reaching out for something they can believe in because so much stuff in the quote-unquote real day-to-day world has disappointed them. They're just looking for something that they can.
3: The paranormal is the great equalizer. We're all going to face death. Mm -hmm. So everybody, that's one common ground. That's why I always say when I tell people at these conventions, I go, look around at the people in here. How many of these people would you not have spoken to in any other environment? And we've got doctors and lawyers and, and firefighters and stay-at-home moms and dads and all of this. People you would never have even thought would be in your circle. And and this is the great equalizer. The concept of what comes next fascinates people. So, the you know, I think that, uh, that that's where we can all come together and kind of talk about it. So I think people are just, you know, in an uncertain world and uncertain times. They all just want to kind of escape and watching shows that have, you know, that's why things like Game of Thrones and all these Marvel movies are so huge. I think people just Mm. crave an escape from the reality of the Mm -hmm. BS. We need heroes, we need fantasy, we need fun, and uh, I think that's why people are turning to it. But spirituality, like I said, has always been on the rise in times of of turmoil.
4: All right, Wendy, we got our guest on the phone,
3: so we got to
0: drop you. Perfect. Y'all have a wonderful
6: rest of the week.
0: Thanks, Wendy. Bye, Wendy. Who doesn't like Wendy? That's all I have to say. Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell doesn't like Wendy. That's true. Just her. Hates Wendy. She does not. It's absolutely true. true. What are you going to do?
3: If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, IR
0: Radio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan?
2: Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota.
0: That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is?
2: Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate.
0: uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest to the show, Slayman Najim. Is that how you say your name? Is it Slayman Najim? Uh,
7: Sleiman. My name is Sliman Najim.
0: Sleiman. Yeah. Okay. So Sleiman. And you pronounce it Najim? Najim. N-E-J-I-M. Uh,
7: N-E-J-I-M. Mm-hmm.
0: Indeed. So, Sleiman, how are you today? How are things?
7: I- I'm fine. How are you guys?
0: We're doing extremely well, as a matter of fact. Instead, we became evil, a true story of survival and perseverance, a powerful story of struggle, survival, and hope for the future, is told by one of Denmark's most successful artists. The violent, compelling debut, co-written with journalist Dart Adams, provides a complex portrait of one man and the various ways in which every social system that was supposed to help had failed him. I cannot wait to hear about this, Slime. I'll just hand it off to you. I wanna hear, where did the story start?
7: Yeah, the story starts in, like, in 1982 when I was born in uh, Lebanon in a refugee camp called uh, The Beautiful Eye, translated into English, Aym al-Halwa. So, like, we from there we were, like, already uh, refugees from the Palestinian war in, like, the Middle East and were refugees in Lebanon. And from there on we went back to, to Europe. From uh, another Six Day War, I think in 82. I don't remember the call of the, what they called the war there, but we got to be refugees one more time again and, and
0: fled to Europe, Northern Europe. What a story that is. You know, um, I had friends, I, I grew up with some friends uh, who were born in Lebanon as well. And uh, has that area ever ever recovered, Slimon? I mean, I, is it ever going no. to... No, it never has no, become, but, it, Will it ever?
7: No, because it's so fractured by, by you know, by different ethnic groups, like different uh, religious beliefs, Christian, Muslims, Jews. So there are so many, and everybody want to be right, you know? So after, like, the, the, the 70s war, it, before that was, like, uh, the, the parents of the Middle East. Lebanon was like a pearl in the, in, in the Middle East. But after the 70s, the war... Got
0: war torn from war to, war, to civil. Oh, did I lose him there? I'm. Um, well,
7: oh, I don't was it didn't end,
0: yet. yeah. Yeah, it's just really so sad because before that, unfortunately, I never was able to make it there, but it was this beautiful area, from what I understand. I have a, I have an old friend named Eddie LaHood, who grew up in the in the area, and he just. He, he very, very sad his whole life about what happened to his homeland and his, uh, you know, the town in which he grew up. It, it, it really hit him hard, Sliman. Yes,
7: yeah, of course it's sad, But I'm, I'm, as I said, like we were refugees from Palestine. So we, in Lebanon, we didn't like have the equal rights of yeah. the Lebanese people, yep. or you know, but we were also refugees then. lived the refugee camp with with a, with a, a little bit of what you call a normal life there. So so before we even got together a life in Lebanon, we were refugees one more time from the Lebanese wars and civil wars. So we fled to Northern Europe and we moved to Germany. And From there we were like uh, inside Europe and from there we lived in Denmark. And that was like what, what, what you call, it was like a, a paradise. It was like with everything was green, everything was you know, no wars, no nothing, you know? And we were received by what you call today as hippies, which is with music <laughs> and with songs. Right. And very deep traumatizing to meet those kind of people there, then.
0: That makes sense. Now, here's an interesting book. This is fascinating. Slimen, uh had dropped out of school and was on one of his, uh, was one of his gang's most feared and revered members. As a teenager, he was involved in hundreds of crimes during his peak. But after surviving an attempted assassination, he addressed his demons and permanently abandoned the gang life. Slimon's now uh, narrating his story in his own words. I want to hear all about. This. So, how old were you when you when you joined the gang, Slimon?
7: In my in my personal experience, I didn't like go into a gang or sign up. I lived in an area. We moved from a, a very nice, sweet Danish town in in the middle of like a uh, a very like what you call like the southern areas in the in America. It was like a, a a humble city, and we were received well. But my mom and dad got divorced and got problems, and so my mom flipped my dad, and and she took us to the to like the. the <clears throat> The capital city of Copenhagen and the outskirts of that. And I was received by the guys there with beatings. You know, they were very violent, a different type of uh, vibe in the city. It was more, you know, violent. And there was no, the language was with the hands. So I, I started getting up, beaten up by the, you, you would call them white trash and and, and and you would call the other ones, you would call them the, the black trash, if you could say that word. I don't know if you could, you're allowed to say that. But we were like the, the, lower, the lower, the lowest of society was in that city I moved to. So, And it was so rough and so many you know, racial problems and economical, social problems. And we, I got in the middle of that and I suddenly woke up like five or six years later as a part of a gang. I didn't even realize the, the gradual... Uh, his entrance into that life. But I became more and more violent myself and I started speaking the language. And when I had problems with someone, it, it would be with, with, with violence. And I remember my first fight was with one of these, uh, you know, white power guys. And I won that fight by accident because he fell down a, 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 a something on the street. So I ended up on top of him and I became a, a local hero, even though I was 14 years old. And at that time, I was really... Like, I got drawn into that attention and that love and that acceptance because I didn't get it anywhere else. So, I became like fond of that life and I found it like someone who took care of me when no one else wanted me. So, I became criminal, I think, at that exact moment.
0: So, I mean, do you think it's a, a good idea? Uh, I'm just talking about the United States of America now here. Um, we do love to glorify gangsters in our movies. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, for people to understand, if you want to enjoy a gangster movie and you're smart enough to understand what it really is all about, that's fine. But so many younger people who are not that bright, apparently, think, hey, that's, I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live in a beautiful home uh, in New York, and I'm going to drive a big fancy car. Uh, do you think it's right that some of these, some of these uh, movie-making companies make these movies that inspire young people to become criminals, basically?
7: I, I, I agree with you because I see I I was drawn into that life by movies by boys in the hood yeah. by men's society yeah all those movies got it like made it like romantic it was like a romantic lifestyle it was like it was hard it was cool and they made it look like something else
0: no they did and I and we
7: got we, and music also played a role so from it's not it's not the I cannot blame music or blame movies, but of course they they play a role. There's no movies about gang life when you see that John Gotti, how he got killed or how how their life ended or how Paul Castellano got killed. You always see the rise. You never see the fall. Mm.
0: No, that's exactly it. And I, I just think it makes me a bit nervous. Again, I think the movie The Godfather is a terrific movie, but I also understood that it was a fantasy, that it was a movie. It wasn't real life.
4: No, the kids don't really know. The, the kids difference. kids don't know
0: the difference, and that's the major problem here. It's like, oh my yeah. god, they never go to work; they just sit at home and rob people and have a lot of money and live this wonderful, easy life. No, I,
7: I no don't like ends that. Up, no one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Nobody ends up. Nobody ends up on top. No criminal ends up. You have like uh, what is his name? Uh, the biggest criminal guy in the world was what, what, uh, the Colombian guy. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what was his name? Escobar, uh, yes. Escobar, yeah, he ended yes. up killed on the rooftop with his pants hanging, and you can see the, his butt in, in the air, you know? <laughs> no one ends on top, no one. And the, the, the problem is when you find out that you want to get out of that life, it will be too costly. I got shot. My family got shot, you know? So we we, we paid with our blood to, to get a normal life, and we, like, fought for six or 12 years. Six years inside of the gang and six years out of it to just get acceptance that we weren't a part of that anymore. So it took it took almost a generation
0: to fight out of it. Yeah, I, I boy, I tell you, it, it's it must have been quite the struggle. How many times did you? Let me put it this way: How old were you when you settled in Denmark? I was four years old. Oh, you were four years old. Could you? So you jumped around about once a year for four years before you ended up in in Denmark.
7: We you no, know, we were like living in a refugee camp, and we were when I, when I was three, we moved to Germany, and from there we moved to Denmark because we didn't, we couldn't settle down in Germany. My father wasn't happy, and we felt alone in, in Germany, and we moved on to Denmark because we heard that there was a couple of families from our neighborhood that and moved up there and it seemed like a harmonic place with, 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 with you know, people receiving us with, with music and flowers and de-traumatized and the people that that went there. So we, we, we went there on, on a dream. But in that dream, our life, we, we didn't get integrated into society in the correct way. So we, we, we started living in a parallel society. And that parallel society ended up killing my father's emotional feeling that he was a man and providing the home. He felt like he wasn't a man anymore and that went on to my mom and to my sisters and from there from there on our life was ruined it, it all came down to my father couldn't find his place in society he couldn't speak the language mm-hmm. he, he, even though you've been working off today you're not in, you're not worth anything because you ha- you don't have the language the language barrier was there
0: so how did you, you mentioned this earlier, you know, maybe some people didn't know how to speak the language, uh, your current, you know, home, all the rest of it. How did you get out of the life, Slyman? I mean, because most people don't get out without dying.
7: Yeah, I almost, I also almost died before I got out. So right. Uh, they, have been, they tried to kill me five times before I was out, and one of the times almost uh, they almost got me, I was, I was hit four times by uh, nine millimeters. So it's like, I was lucky that it didn't, didn't go into my, you know, into my vital organs or something like that. But I came up from that, and I, for, for the first time, I was like forced to sit down and see my mom and see my younger kids and my younger nieces. And I was when I was with them, I saw what kind of pain they had and the fear they had every time I left home. So I was like, I'm, I'm passing this on to my nephews and my. To my sister's husband—they're like getting caught up in my war. So I had to take a choice to like be there for my family, take care of them, and make sure that they didn't go the same route or 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 die on that lifestyle, and and my nephews would end on on the same path.
0: Yeah, well, and that I, would be
7: on my shoulders, and I'm they would have Responsibilities.
0: Simon, they would have ended up going the same path as you if you hadn't stepped in and said, "Yeah, this is not the way to go, let's not be doing this." yeah, they would have followed you right in because they it's all you know glorification of a of, of a phony life, basically
7: that's, that's you're, you're right and and you know we have a thing in Denmark, you know people uh, kids don't do what you think, they do what you do, you know, they do what they, they, they copy you, so if you say. Don't live that life, and you're living that. Then they're not going to live. But if you tell them not to live that life because you chose something else, then they they will do what you do, not what you say you do. You
0: know? Yeah, I think it's great. How did you come up with the title for the book? Instead, we became evil: a true story of survival and perseverance. Instead, became evil is a that's a very scary title, Sliman.
7: Because because we started out saying that you know we we started out that we were like Robin Hoods of the of the ghetto. We tried to help. Right. our you know sisters and brothers that lived there that got bullied by the white pride or white power groups so we thought we were like saving them and we went from being those who tried to save people to those that actually made people hurt so we we became in that fight we became evil we went from fighting evil to becoming it you know and and that's how I you know I, I, that's how I view the the, the trans transition from being, one of self-defense to one
0: that's offensive, you know? Simon I really like talking to people like you because you're, you're a great example. Because right now in America, we're going through this thing, where no matter what you say or what you do, you're a racist and it's horrible and you're insulting me and all the rest of it. You saw real, true, dangerous no. racism in your life, correct?
7: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, to be honest, from my point of view, I don't see that. That's the that, no. You know that, the, that uh, the, 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 the thing about the thing about that racism, you know, of course, there's racism. There's racism on all all sides of the aisle. If you look yes. on the the, the foreign side, or you look, they're all pick, they're picking on each other, and they all need help. You know, they're in the same boat, and they are killing each other. You know, or fighting each other on on issues like my side of the street or your side of the street, and in the end, they're not looking at the social. Uh, mess they're
0: in and no one is like talking about that you know? yeah I, I see we need more people like you Slimer to stand up and say, you know, this is, I I use a term, I always call the, the, the neighborhood whispering acres, where all these, you know, pretty wealthy people live, and they all live in gated communities, and they all have this perfect life, but they're all experts on what goes on in the inner city, whether it be in Denmark, or Germany, or wherever you are. They don't even know what true racism looks like. They think they do, but they have no idea.
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now everything, no matter what you say, that will be called racism. The real racism, no, they haven't seen it yet, no. I don't think it's like you have to go back in time or go back to Germany or Hungary or these countries where, like, you, I yeah, the real racism, they haven't seen it. Now, if you say this guy, if I call someone black or call, call someone orange, then then I'm racist. It's so easy today. So you're not, it's almost like uh, a basket not to talk about these issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. I'm really glad that you came out with this book. Simon, I like the way you talk about things. You talk about it very honestly. You kind of look back at your life and say, I made mistakes. I wish I hadn't made those mistakes, but I'm doing my best to get, uh, get past them. The name of the book, Instead We Be- Became Evil, A True Story of Survival and Perseverance. I think it's a great name for a book. Because if you tell kids you want to go down that path, you want to become a gangbanger, so you're choosing evil. That's what you're doing is choosing evil. It's a great name for a book, Simon. Yeah.
7: That's the truth. That's
0: the truth. It is. Slimon, thank you so much That's for your true. time, sir. The book is available on Amazon and everywhere, correct? Yeah, it's available uh,
7: on, on all these pages, on uh, Amazon, on Penguin Random House, everywhere
0: everywhere. So now, where are you right now? Are you in the United States right now?
7: No, I'm in Denmark. I'm uh, oh. working on, uh, uh, you know, uh, what you call the juvenile youth uh, program. Where we're helping youth with, uh, with issues like I have myself, and I'm trying to, like, help them that's in my position now.
0: Simon, so, thank you very much, sir. Have a great day. All right?
7: Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank Thanks you so Thank lot. you for having
0: me. Yeah. If you're fascinated
3: by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms TuneIn, PocketCast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, Google Podcasts. Castbox, Spotify, IR
6: Radio, and Apple Podcasts.
0: The Paranormal Sixty with Dave Schrader, and we are back with stretches picks.
6: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah, and uh, I highly recommend betting. Of course, I always recommend betting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack,
6: the bears, or the purple? None of the above.
0: Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? Visit Shift2Cell.com because life is expensive enough. Slyman Najim, last name is spelled N-E-J-I-M. The book is called Instead We Became Evil, A True Story, Survival, and Perseverance. I am so glad that he came on because I get so tired. Of all these people, like I said, that that live in whispering acres out there in the exurbs, and they're experts on what racism is. Oh, that's racist. That's
4: not even close to racism. If you've never seen conflict, then you don't understand how conflict works. Exactly right. And it's kind of like a difficult thing to, like, so he understands what racism really is because he experienced, you know, the actual real deal. But it's kind of difficult to say, like you know, what these people need to experience is real racism to know what they're talking about. Because you know, you don't wish you no know, war and death upon people. I guess it's just more like you'd wish that they would stop talking about things that they don't understand.
0: That would be great. Like because, if you want to be an expert
4: yeah. on you know genocide, then you're going to have to see some stuff, and I don't think you want to. You no, know. I think you're absolutely right about that. But I,
0: it, it just that whole thing bothers me so much. They've never seen the violence. They've never seen the murder. Like I said, it just, you're sitting out there and you're living this wonderful life, but you're an expert on the inner city. Sadly,
3: if they saw the violence and they saw it firsthand, they would couch it towards their views of, well, what did you expect? You know, yeah, most of the no, people, the, you're that's, that's right. their attitude yep. is, you're right. well, look at the way they live. Look at the way they did this. Look at the, they have no clue or empathy. That's what the world's really lacking is just empathy for one another. Not the false BS tree huggery crap mm-hmm. empathy where, you know, everybody's overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I, I love, love all the everyone, people. Yeah, you can't love everyone. <laughs> right. It's impossible. Well, you could, yeah, be, be accepting. That's cool. But mm-hmm. like, I, I love the fact that remember back in the day they made, uh, um, speedy gonzalez go away from yep. warner brothers yeah, cartoons because right, he was right. uh, culturally offensive yet the mexican culture the loves speedy, back, speedy yep. they love, all, they yeah. love
0: well, white people wearing sombreros they
5: love it yeah, yeah it's like there was this video of this white guy wearing like a fake mustache and a sombrero and the whole outfit and he walked around like a college campus like ucla or something like that mm-hmm. and was like do you think my outfit is offensive and it's all you know like white College students and they were like, Yeah, because it's cultural appropriation and all this stuff and then he went into a Mexican neighborhood and he was like, Do you find my outfit defense? And they're like, No, I love it, it's great. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Why would you're celebrating my culture? Why would I be offended by that?
5: Yeah, because that makes no sense. It.
0: Well,
3: you're I think what
5: it from them oh, it's like
3: no God. what they're I, I think they're taking the extremist look at it, right? Like okay, if I walk around in blackface carrying a piece of watermelon and a rack of ribs, mm-hmm. that's taking yeah. it to us mm-hmm. uh that's a, different a substandard yeah. level, right? Where you're you're not not celebrating a, a person or their race. You're
4: Yeah, I mean there's pandering. mockery. There's yeah. there's homage, you know, there's all sorts of different levels of it. Right, And yeah. I think and only the malicious level shouldn't be acceptable. So you brought up The
3: Simpsons earlier. Hank Azaria did the voice of Apu yep. right. and had to step away from doing mm-hmm. the voice of Apu. Uh, and somebody else has taken it over, but a lot of the people in that culture were not offended nope. by exactly. his representation. Was just the one guy who wrote a book. But they said, why not, in this I understand, why not just get an actor of that Yeah. What's the right term race? I don't know what the I don't even know what the politically correct yeah, terms are anymore. Yeah, never even know. But you, why not just get somebody to, to play that? And I get that. You know, why not get somebody that can do this? But I also love the fact they're like, why didn't you get uh, a, a handy capable actor to play that yeah. role? Because this is called acting, and that's what I was doing. I was acting. Um, there was a really great breakdown of um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in Tropic Thunder, yep. where he plays in blackface for most of it. And it was a, an African American guy that was doing this, and and he broke it down. He goes, "This is why it's not racist. First of all, they're mocking the culture that they would rather hire a white actor to be in blackface, and then they were mocking the whole um, uh, those what is it? What's it called when the actors kind of method oh, acting? Oh, method right? acting. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Method, they they right. were mocking that. They weren't mocking the race. They weren't mocking the storyline. Right, exactly. Line. He goes, he did that kind of quintessential black guy voice that you know the that thing and he goes but he was still and and he explained the difference between humor and offense and it was really well done so he goes so does this fit all of the narrative for racism not at all does it fit for uh, social commentary yeah this was a great bit and he did a great job portraying that character Mm -hmm. who is so self-absorbed he feels he can play any race or color or creed so You know, people just people want to be offended. People want to feel like they're on the side of right, so they're but willing they feel to like take a, a battle, thing. Yeah. yeah, and
4: if you're, if you've made yourself into a warrior, then you're going to be looking for battles to fight because that's what you do. You fight battles. If there are no battles left, then you're just some guy with a sword. You got nothing to do. I got
3: uh, I got a buddy of mine on a TV show, and he. Um, is a female member of the team that he's working with. And he was trying to get her to be more involved in part of what they were doing with this experiment. And she put her foot down and didn't want to do it. And she was not really participating. She was just kind of there. And because he... Was asking her to do something she was uncomfortable with, they started attacking him as propagating rape culture. Uh, well, I Which, mean, if somebody that's been raped, that's got to be really offensive to uh, yeah, somebody that I was agree. raped as opposed to somebody that's being asked to step up in a yep. role and do their job. Uh, but people want to find fault in everything you do.
4: Well, to be fair, was the experiment who can take their top off the fastest?
3: No. Okay. Yeah. Then
4: he's probably not. No. It was somebody
3: who culture. had a very specific ability and just refused to tap into cuz they weren't in the mood. Mm-hmm. And and they needed to move further in right. this. I don't want to give it cuz I don't want to cause more problems behind the scenes, but it was just silly that they're prop oh, he's propagating rape culture. Yeah. Well, you saw of the thousands of hours filmed, you saw very little actual right. on camera to see the dynamic that led up to that moment. But people love to be offended, and now there's a little uh, pocket of culture that's going after this guy. Well, well, there's
4: also a lot of men who think that if they come to the defense of a woman, then she'll you know, sleep with them. They don't? <laughs> now, there well you if go. you're if you have a popular tv <laughs> yeah, show know. then you know, of course <laughs> but my whole thing with that that deal about i wouldn't oh, know about that <laughs> you know that's uh,
0: it's offensive i'm offended what they're really saying is i'm a victim
4: well yeah of course Victimhood gets you power
0: it. oh god they love being a victim don't they mm-hmm.
4: well it's that's an easy disgusting. way to get power
0: yeah, well, that's exactly right. So uh, he was a great guest. Sly was a great guest. He was very, very honest about it all. Yeah. Because all we ever see in America is the glorified part. I mean, look at look at rap music. It well, glorifies gangbanging.
4: He was... It's disgusting. He grew up in the 90s, joined the gang in the 90s. Yeah. And that was the height of, you know, gangster rap and that sort of thing, where everyone wanted to be part of one of those gangs. The Bloods and the Crips, that was probably the height. Of them it's
0: true well
3: you you were right though tom that you know it glorifies the gangster we've always done that right oh, even absolutely. starting with the oh, godfather yeah. going back to oh, there used to be the movie code back when um bogart and cagney were right in, and the, the the villain no matter how likable you made him kind of he wasn't going to survive this deal mm-hmm. he was going to get gunned right. down at some point and if you even alluded to the fact he might have made it out there was a problem with it, right? And yeah. I think I think one of the first movies to break that mold was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance, Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. You see them run out, but you never see them get gunned down. See, right. You never see justice. But they've changed that over the years, and the, the bad guys win, and yeah. which is sad because that's life. The bad guys win. Yeah, they do. You know, And they, they do these things. Now, is it glorification? To a degree, sure. It sure looks cool to be a, a mobster and have all that power. Right people falling at your feet and doing what you want having money to blow everywhere you know but people that's the problem people do not know how to separate reality from fantasy no
4: they don't yeah very true they're
3: they're so involved in what they watch you know there are people like you've got some people that are you know Major celebrities that people absolutely hate because their character was so yep. despicable that on a TV a show mm. that they're getting death threats in real life. They're like, hey, idiot, I'm an actor. Yeah, that's, that's not, not who not I am. Real. I'm not that guy, right. I, you know. But I see, even in the little bit of popularity I have with the TV show, there's a lot of people out of touch with reality,
5: yes. crazy oh, out of touch, oh, oh, yeah. you know. And
3: they're—I oh, yeah. I have to warn you before you film the next episode. That was a demon that did this to you, and their fate. And I'm like, you realize we filmed this series a year ago; it's mm-hmm. just airing <laughs> now. So <laughs> yeah, no, you you're go. incorrect. But they're—you right. know—they're telling me, "Oh my God, it's it, if you're not careful, it's going to kill one of your children." And I'm like, why would you even jump into that conclusion? Did you watch the episode? But people have that want and desire to help, but then they don't know the no. proper way to do it. And I think that's why there's so many social warriors out there trying to find something to jump on board Yep, they're to trying to fight a dragon,
4: with. yep, but there aren't any. Yeah. Or if, if there are, it requires a lot more than, you know, liking something on Twitter. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly. What, what, that doesn't change the
4: world? A lot yeah. of people, that's all the power they have, so that's what they do. They're like, I got to do something right, but technically, no. Doing something <clears throat> useless is really no different than doing nothing at all. Yeah, you just stir people up, mm-hmm.
3: getting more people incited into anger. I, it's it's a weird world. Did you see the new deal? On, speaking of Twitter, you have to pay to be verified now.
4: Yeah, well, I, eight dollars a l- month yeah, for some lately subscription. I've heard it's eight. Well, I, I've heard as you... much as fifty though. I don't Which, know. Which okay, so there's one side
3: of it. As, um, and, and I get this all the time. People will write to me and they're like, "Dave, you're friends with Zach from Ghost Adventures." Um, does this seem right? He, I've been talking to him online for a while, and he's sending me these private messages under his private account, and uh, all of a sudden, he's borrowing money. Mm, he's doing okay. this. I'm like... No. And I, I've told people, I go, well, first of all, he's probably the best-off paranormal TV personality out there. He's never going to have to borrow yeah, money Yeah, I was going to say, you. it's like, yeah. well, I'm a
4: famous TV guy, yeah. but can I borrow 50 bucks? Yeah. But if like, you what? also
3: watch the show and listen to the way they speak, and then your text comes in... Mi'am I'm also a fan of yours. Yep. Thank you for follow my show. I know. Yeah. You know, what, are you talking to Tarzan? Uh-huh. It's obviously yeah. somebody from another country who's running it through a translation yep. document. Mm-hmm. They're trying to hook you for cash. Yep. And uh, I actually got rooked. Uh, Paul Williams, I was trying to have Paul Williams, the m- musical guy, the, the musician, mm-hmm. on my show because he created some really great songs that have paranormal themes to them. Mm-hmm. Like Rainbow Connection, nobody thinks yeah. of it, but the whole song is about the paranormal. and i reached out to him through his pages on on social media and he wrote back and he's like uh yeah i'd love to do the show what do you pay
7: which Uh, isn't isn't out of the line yeah
3: and i'm like well you know i don't pay i i just do a little paranormal podcast i'll have you on for five ten minutes i just want to talk to you about the song uh but i get it you know you're you're busy and you have a life so if you can't do it well i can i'll I'll tell you what i can do it for 100 bucks i just need to have some skin in the game for all right okay 100 bucks i'll talk to paul williams Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then it's like, but could you just help me instead? Could you get me this Amazon gift oh, card? That's and always, I was like, oh, oh, son geez. of a bitch. That's
4: always a massive red flag, Amazon the gift, but, cards. gift cards. But
3: you need the check marks to a degree because... They do serve a purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's people out there that pretend to be Cindy yep. Kaza, the medium, mm-hmm. and they're putting up, let me do reading for you, $80, mm-hmm. yep. right? Yeah. And then people are buying these readings that don't happen yeah. and then they get pissed pissed off at the real yep. celebrity. Yeah. Um, so the, the blue check marks do have a point, but then like now dipshit that bought the thing uh, uh, Elon, Elon Musk, Musk he's like, oh no more of this elitist thing with the blue check mark it was never about being elite well, it the, was about making sure that you were speaking to the actual person, that's right. what verification was. Well I yeah. will
4: say this is that they did make it into an elitist thing because originally the concept was making sure it's the real person. Right. But they started rescinding people's check marks when they started saying things that they didn't like. Right. And that is when they ruined the entire concept. Sure. Because if you're taking away someone's verified identity, you're saying this isn't even really a verified identity. This is just a mark of approval.
3: But now you could go on and set up a Dave Schrader account and elect to pay...
4: So it's anyone who pays. That's
3: the way it's currently. That's the way they're Mm. introducing it. So you could pretend to be me and be fleecing people for money. Uh. Um, So it's it's there's some. That's that's not about elitism, it's about making sure that the people following them are not doing this. Oh, but it's this.
4: still elitism if you're just paying for it because it's saying, hey, I can <laughs> afford to pay <laughs> this. Exactly. Month. Yeah. It's it's basically yeah. just yeah. like a mark that says, you know, I've got money to blow on something stupid.
3: And I will say, I know, one th- I've tried to get verified on Instagram and Twitter for 10 years, right? I, I fill out all their forms. I do everything I can because there are people out there pretending to be me that have mm-hmm. taken people for money. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have the blue check mark so I can say, no, only talk to this yep. one.
5: Yeah.
3: And um, <clears throat> that's that was my hope for it. I cannot get verified. That's what I'm saying. People that have it, had yeah. one TV show and then I found out one of the reasons I can't get verified is because I follow a lot of my followers. But do you know what? At the end of the day, I get people going, Oh my God, I can't believe you followed me. I'm such a huge fan that yeah. you don't know how that made my day. Dad
4: would always follow everyone. Yeah, back so when why he was not follow?
3: Board. So you're going to punish me because yep. I actually followed the people that care enough to follow me.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not about yeah. identity verification anymore. Yeah. It's, it's about whatever their little rules are that the hoops they make you jump through to, yeah. you know, because it's fun for them, I guess. I we know. need
3: three articles, recent articles, proving mm-hmm. that you are somebody. Yeah. And it was just like, or I could be on YouTube showing my boobs and you give me a blue check mark because I've got a million viewers. Yep.
4: Yeah. yeah. Can I just send you a picture that has like a sign that says, <laughs> yes, it's me? Yeah, you know, here I am. It's yeah. good enough for Reddit. Oh, is that what they do on Reddit? Reddit the. Yeah, AMAs. but you can also now,
3: they have those deals where it's the picture and it's blank. You can put whatever oh, you yeah, want in the little. You can template it out. Yeah. yeah.
4: That's why you have to upload a picture of your credit card front and back. Oh, that and sounds social right. security yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: yeah. And then the prince from Nazir will name. send you the money. Yeah. Exactly.
4: That'll be great. Yeah.
3: I think that's what uh, your dad's really waiting for is for that big uh, the blue
5: just check died? mark. Yeah.
4: No,
0: is going to if
5: they don't leave me alone. Oh, okay. oh well. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yikes. Mom keeps calling you again. <laughs>
0: yeah, <your
4: mother>. <laughs> <laughs> I hate your mother. Drink right right to, to the bang zone. Zone. <laughs> can
0: you guys mind wrapping it up early today?
4: I guess not. Mm. Yeah. Not in the mood? It's
0: fine. Well, no, I just have to take care of some stuff.
4: Okay. Oh, dear. No, no, it's not. Oh, dear. Idea. I can actually right, go home sir. and
5: eat lunch. That'll be nice. That'll be
0: nice. Anyway, okay, sorry Steve. for the, but they're, you know, well, you've only got about 15 minutes left in the show anyway, so that's good. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>